This is episode 26 of the History of Podcast. I'm Robert. And I'm Emma. Today, we will be talking about the history of the Christmas tree. And uh, first, as always, we have the egg carton count. And today's egg carton count is, it's, uh, well, that was, that was sad. Let's try that again. It was, uh, it's, it's 34. We got a new bell. Yeah, new bell. Um, the last one was shaky. But Snow for chill. those who are new, that means we have 34 egg cartons all around our room, this very small room, um, to help sound dampening. We also have some, like, sleeping bags and camping equipment set up. Um, but yeah. Christmas was not recognized as a national holiday in the U.S. until 1870, believe it or not. Before we dive right in, I'd just like to note that trees represent life. In Genesis 2-9, uh, the tree of life is mentioned, and Christ did die on a tree to give us life. And let's talk about the quick origin of quote-unquote Christmas as we know it today. To the pagans, the sun was a god, and winter solstice... Uh, is the shortest day of the year. And it was believed that in the winter, the sun god was sick. And winter solstice uh, marked the day when he would recover. The Egyptians had a similar ritual with Ra, their sun god. To all of these groups, evergreen trees symbolize life in the everlasting. And later in the Roman Empire, the holiday of uh, Saturnalia, Saturnalia? was celebrated from December 17th through 24th, so through modern-day Christmas Eve. Uh, The festival was for Saturn, a Roman god, and the pagans uh, decorated decorated their homes with uh, evergreen branches, but not not really a whole tree. Cattle were slaughtered during the festival, um, so they didn't have to be fed throughout the winter. Not all the cattle, of course, uh, just some. And the day after the festival, December 25th, ring the bell for that that deserves a bell ring it does yes uh december 25th had a lot of surplus meat so hey let's throw a party we have a lot Mm. of surplus meat and something else um that might have pagan roots is the italians have something called a ceppo it's kind of like a christmas tree but we'll talk about the origins so the ceppo ceppo translates to log or stump in italian and it used to be that italians would go out in the forest and cut down a tree Uh, a few days before the holiday, almost like our American Christmas tree ritual. They would take a section of the log and burn it all holiday, if it could last that long, in the fireplace. And this brings the Yule log to mind, um, which is typically burned until New Year's Year's Day. And that also brings to mind, well, like, really, when we hear Yule log today, all we think of is the Yule log dessert, kind of like the, the chocolate Swiss cake roll thing. But... Yeah, I love Swiss cake rolls. (laughs) If you don't know where the term Yule comes from, it actually comes from the ancient Norwegians, and they had a varied version of paganism than from the Mediterranean. There, the holiday was the Yule celebration. See, this is all kind of connected. But back to the the ceppo, the Italian ceppo. Today, it's actually a metal or wood pyramid uh, between three and six feet high. So kind of resembling a Christmas tree shape. It has shelves, um, and at least one shelf almost always has a nativity scene. Other shelves can have gifts, fruit, and candy. And kind of a side note, this isn't exactly about the Christmas tree, but I'd like to expand on trick-or-treating from the Halloween episode. Go listen to that. What what episode was that? Was that episode 21? Ooh, it's been a while ago. I I think it was 21. 
can double check me on that. Uh, but there is a Catholic tradition in Italy of children going to uh, going door to door and reading passages of the Christmas story from the Bible. Uh, and the children would receive coins or candy in exchange, which that sounds like souling, uh, which you can listen to the Halloween episode um, to, to learn more about that. And that morphed into trick-or-treating. That's actually, I just checked, it's episode 22. Okay, so Halloween episode 22, you can listen to that for a full explanation on souling and what that tradition is. But this kind of also sounds similar to caroling from door to door. So in a weird way, I think, I haven't seen any sources actually draw these connections, but it looks like caroling is, caroling and trick-or-treating are related. It seems kind of like it. You should That's have seen, weird. You should have seen Robert's face when he found this out. He was. I was like telling everybody about it, but no one else was interested. It made I mean, me so it, sad. It is interesting. <laughs> you see a cultural theme. The modern Christmas tree, as we know it in America, started in the 16th century Habsburg Empire. Historians are confident that the early Protestants would bring trees into their homes and decorate them for Christmas. Some would decorate small wooden pyramids if they couldn't accommodate a tree. It looks like that's kind of where Chepo came from. There is a legend that Martin Luther was walking home one cold night and saw the stars shining through the evergreen trees. So the story goes, he was inspired to add lighted candles to the Christmas tree decoration. Now we just have lights and wires. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, we can actually talk about that in just a moment. But later on in the New World, the American New World, uh, Christmas celebrations and Christmas trees, for that matter, weren't all that welcome. To the Puritans and the Pilgrims, the big celebrations were seen as extraneous church traditions that took away from the true faith. Uh, they were also seen as too close to the pagan rituals, so kind of distractions. And they were those were religiously founded settlements. Um, the the Pilgrims, the Puritan settlements, and the Pilgrim settlements, the uh, Puritans and Separatists. But Jamestown, which was established for the Virginia Company, so for monetary benefit took a day of rest on Christmas. Um, they didn't celebrate it, but that's different from the pagans and pilgrims who didn't even observe it at all, really. Um, but of course, some col colonists went all out uh, later later on in the colonization, but that was, that was frowned upon by many groups. During the Revolutionary War, the Hessians helped bring Christmas trees to America. The Hessians were German soldiers paid to help Britain in the American Revolutionary War. During this time, Germany was just a group of disjointed states. Hessians is a misleading name for referring to all the German soldiers because only about half of them were from Hesse Kassel. And remember in history class how you learned that the, the redcoats uh, could stay in people's homes under the Quartering Act, and sometimes they would set up Christmas trees in those homes. Um, and so there's some evidence that the Hessians, uh, who were from Germany, even lost the Battle of Trenton because of their Christmas festivities. Ooh. And some colonists may have picked up uh, the tradition, and that's partly how it stayed alive in America. The Christmas tree never hit the full mainstream. Or sorry, didn't, didn't stay alive in America, but was brought to America for the first time. You can continue. The Christmas tree never hit the full mainstream until Queen Victoria came around in the 19th century. Queen Victoria was a trendsetter. After all, they named a whole era after her. 
1846, it hit the London newspapers that Queen Victoria had a decorated Christmas tree on a table with her family, and there is a pretty famous picture of it. As a result, the Christmas tree officially became a part of British pop culture. And note that Queen Victoria was married to Prince Albert of Germany. So the Christmas tree trend rippled to Germany also, but it was kind of already there. Queen Victoria's fans on the American East Coast also followed with the latest fashion. With time, the Christmas tree took a stronger foothold in America. And here's a piece of trivia, just kind of staying with the, trying to stay, stay with the chronological format. In 1847, a guy named August Imgard in uh, Wooster, Wooster, Wooster. I want to say Wooster. Wooster's more fun to say. I want to say Wooster. In Wooster, Ohio, decorated a Christmas tree with candy canes. And so much respect is paid to him and his idea that a Christmas tree is set on his grave every winter. Now we're going to touch so on... So if you want to know who came up with putting candy canes on the Christmas tree, August Imgard in Wooster, Ohio. Wooster, Ohio. There we go. We're going to quickly touch on Christmas lights. We mentioned it earlier and just talk about the history of Christmas lights on Christmas trees. Putting candles on Christmas trees had remained a tradition for hundreds of years after the legend of regarding Martin Luther. That changed when Edward Johnson, one of Thomas Edison's employees, created the first electric Christmas lights in 1882. They were about the size of a golf ball, and they were the colors of, actually the colors of the American flag. I don't know if he intended that or not, but they were red, white, and blue. On top of that, he situated the tree so that it rotated 360 degrees every 10 seconds. So that must have been a relatively fast Christmas tree. Yeah. Seems like he's quite an inventor. (laughs) In awe of his invention, many wealthy individuals decided to put these lights up in their own homes. And you, you may be wondering why I noted wealthy individuals. These lights had to be installed by an electrician for guess how much, Robert? 50 bucks. More. For the time, $300. So that's around $2,000 in our standards. Oh, my. So that result... Who would pay that? (laughs) I mean, if you want to be the coolest kid on the block, I guess they just wanted those lights. So this resulted in only the wealthy being able to afford the lights initially. In 1894, the White House Christmas tree finally got these lights. So around 10 years after. And they're In the American public's mind, they were still hesitant about having these lights in their homes. Because they knew them. Yeah, they knew them as a fire hazard. Right. But I mean, candles are a fire hazard too. Yeah. But President Cleveland's use of these lights boosted the public's confidence in the light safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, General Electric began selling Christmas lights in 1903, and that that did not require an electrician. Uh, They were cheaper, and you could buy... uh, three strings for twelve dollars. Pretty cheap. Pretty good compared to three hundred bucks. No kidding. And Albert uh, Sadat Sadacha Sadaka Sadat. I'm gonna say Albert Sadacha was a teenager who took Christmas lights to the next level. His family owned a light store, and when a candle had caught a Christmas tree on fire in New York City, uh, Sadacha came up with uh, the idea of creating safe and affordable multicolored Christmas lights. In 1917, he was only a teenager at the time. Pretty impressive. Um, Yeah, and a few years later, he and his brothers founded the National Outfit Manufacturers Association, or NOMA, and that was a big name um, in the Christmas light industry. What an industry. Like, 
<laughs> think of, hmm, do you think there's a market for Christmas tree lights? I mean... Like, that's... I don't know. Once a year. That sounds like a terrible... Like, one of those things that would be a terrible idea. But it works. Uh, they, they were a leader in the industry all the way up to the, the 1960s. I must note that around the time when he thought of this innovation, his family owned a store, like, of niche, like, lighting store. So, I guess this could fall in the category of things I kind of already sold. Getting back to Christmas trees. Christmas trees were getting pretty wasteful through the late 1800s. So... In the 1880s, an artificial tree was invented, and it was made out of goose feathers, which, I mean, that seems even more wasteful and pretty painful for geese all around. They were probably already deceased geese. Uh, But about 20 years later, the Addis Brush Company developed a plastic Christmas tree. And I pulled a quote from Artificial Plants and Trees website. This this is a golden quote. Oh, my. Addis was known for making one of the first toilet bowl brushes. Wow. They used the same methods for constructing an artificial Christmas tree, which had huge advantages over the goose feather trees and could hold more weight and subsequently more ornaments. Well, I mean, overlapping innovations, am I right? In 1950, artificial trees were rare. This changed when artificial trees made of aluminum entered the market in the 1960s. The popularity of artificial Christmas trees skyrocketed. By 2000, about 40 million Americans had artificial trees. And I mean, I can attest to this popularity because we actually have one. Our thing's like 20 years old. And it's it's lasted. That thing is so old. The lights <laughs> like, that are in it, it don't It came with totally lights work. that are attached and like half of them work. Yeah, <laughs> it's quaint. Did you know that paper was used for wrapping before it was used for drawing? The Chinese wrapped expensive materials and foods in paper for storage and transportation. Who knew? So, when you think of wrapping Christmas presents, you may think of um, a package wrapped in festively decorated paper. Yeah. But patterned wrapping paper was actually accidentally invented in 1917. Before, there was just tissue paper or brown paper. And a store in uh, on the Missouri side of Kansas City, which I think is so weird that there's a Kansas City, Missouri... Um, but they ran out of tissue paper for, for wrapping presents for customers. And they resorted to using the patterned paper previously used for the inside of envelopes. And of course, it was a hit. As you would imagine, that store turned out to be Hallmark. Oh, yes. Okay, I might might think I'm weird or not, but those Hallmark movies, they're so cheesy and cute. <laughs> like, I need to watch a Hallmark movie before before Christmas comes around. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting close. Getting close, yep. Most people know about the iconic Rockefeller Christmas tree put on display annually in New York City. The first Rockefeller Center Christmas tree was displayed in 1931, and there wasn't much special about it, as it was fairly small compared to the ones now, and it had no decorations, really. In 1933, they had another one at Christmas. That's the year they started putting lights on the Rockefeller tree, and I didn't realize that these are real trees. They're so huge. Yeah, like the tallest one ever was 100 feet tall, and it was put on display in 1948. This year, uh, their tree is 75 feet tall, uh, and they like to use Norway spruces. And we will tie this Rockefeller subject into the to the next episode. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It almost feels wrong to cut down trees that are that tall. Like, let me just get a 100-foot tree and cut it down. Like, no. Anyway. I mean, they're they're 
growing to like outcompete the other trees and now i'd like to just shine a light on the upside down tree trend some people might think that it's sacrilegious or disrespectful but a legend goes back to the seventh century so it goes boniface a benedictine monk saw some pagans worshiping an oak tree he cut down the oak tree to teach them a lesson and a fir tree actually grew in its place according to the the legend he then cut down the fir um and so like what's the time span on this because the the fir had to grow all the like did it grow instantly i don't know but he turned the fir upside down and evergreen trees are shaped like a triangle so he used that to teach about the trinity the three points or the three sides but yeah yeah that's that's how the legend goes for upside down trees hmm. not everybody celebrates with a christmas tree like we do in america Let's take a quick trip around the world. So in Mexico, they often have just a branch or a shrub, but the nativity scene is actually the main focus. Mm. Um, and Christmas trees have to be imported into Greenland because they can't grow that far north because Greenland isn't so green. Sadly, not many people celebrate Christmas in China, but Christmas is celebrated in Japan. And typically in Guatemala, adults don't exchange gifts until New Year's Day. And according to my brother, uh, people actually open presents on Christmas Eve in Poland. What's, like, this is weird how in some countries people celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. Like, they do everything on Christmas Eve, and then what happens on Christmas? Like Just more celebrating, Are you I just guess. trying to move it back a day? I don't know. I don't know. Many people know the Christmas tree was not originally a Christian tradition. But not many know it started with the pagans or even Egyptians. Whether you have a live or artificial tree, we hope you won't look at it the same way after listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to episode 26 of the History of Podcast. Um, We're just going to plug our YouTube channel and Instagram real quick. Uh, Our YouTube channel is just another platform to listen to the History of. And you can just look up the History of and hopefully you'll find us. Our Instagram is one string of words, the History of Podcast. And just a quick side note, uh, we also are on Podcast Index, so if for some reason you cannot find us on another platform, we have been deplatformed, we will be on Podcast Index, which is a free speech platform. And I don't know if, like, we're not, we're, we're working on getting a Podcast Index compatible, like, with chapters and stuff. Uh, there's a podcast called Podcasting 2.0, if you want to know all the details about that. It's super technical, but... If you have any questions or comments about the information provided in this episode, please contact us at thehistoryof365 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. And you've got to promise me something. Never stop learning. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.